What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Pod. It has been a very long time since we did our last one, and uh, it's primarily because of me. I apologize, guys. I've been wow. For a while. Wow. Round of applause for that. Hey, you know, I actually went on a little pilgrimage where I toured all my families. That are I like how you're California. sticking to that nickname right there. We're calling the it a pilgrimage. Dude, What's the was. definition of a pilgrimage? What 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 is what is it, defined? I don't know. It's just some sort of religious experience, I'm guessing. And it kind of was that, you know, I went and saw. Yeah. I stayed in every single one of my family's houses. And um, I guess for my audience that doesn't know, I have five families here in uh, Southern California where I'm from. So five, five, dude, including including my own family. So my parents, then, you know, makes sense. Yeah. Just going down the list. There's hella people, basically. And I spent hella time with everybody. It was cool. Um, and yeah, now I, here I am. Shub was a bit impatient during that time. I understand. My ass, I was impatient. Excuse me for not, not like wanting to know where you were. No, I mean, no, it was totally, it was totally valid. Like I wasn't upset with you asking like, yo, where you at and stuff, but you know, here we are, you know, and so much has happened since I was gone. Like, and it you all happened. Take it. I'm with yeah. you. Okay. You like that segue, dude? I love these. No, segues. No, I, no, I like how you're making the segue. So I love this. Take oh, it. yeah. yeah. I'm just basically doing, dog. I'm just taking all the talk time that you took in the last monologue. I'm just doing it on myself. Facts. You have a lot of uh, catching up to do. So please. Exactly. Um. Anyways, long story short, James Harden gets traded to the Brooklyn Nets after he straight up tells all of the Rockets press that, yo, like, this team is garbage. I don't think they have what it takes which is super funny that that's how they decide that it's time to make the trade. But there's a 14 blockbuster that happens, right? The Nets get James Harden, Rockets get Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, some guy named Rodionez, Rodion's Crooks. I don't even know how to say his name. Is his, I just call him Crooks. Three first round draft picks from Brooklyn, one draft, first round draft pick from Milwaukee. You know, they got some first round pick swaps going um, and four of those. And the Pacers get Curtis LeVert in a second rounder. And the Cavs sneak in there and get Jared Allen and Tarion Prince. So initial thoughts, Shub. What did you think when you first saw this trade go down? What was your thought process? Tarion Prince was in that, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm not I'm not afraid or anything like that. But, like, um, I got to teeter the line a little bit. But, um I do work for the Philadelphia 76ers. I can, I can put that out there. I'm an employee. Um, and I'm just going to keep it at that, that, uh, you know, there were rumors and rumblings going on. And so uh, just, just amongst my coworkers and such. And so the, the atmosphere was definitely crazy. Um, constant imagine. back and forth. Mm-hmm. Is this going to happen? It was crazy. The only thing I was thinking of, of like Daryl Morey promising, we're not going to trade Ben Simmons. And it kind of almost happened. Uh, you know, a month later. So uh, it was pretty, pretty wild there. Um, and so, you know, with that, you know, when it happened to Brooklyn, I was just like, oh my goodness, here we go again. Uh, one thing I do want to bring up before uh, this happens is like, I'm so mad Chris Paul wasn't a Laker. Um, there's I, nothing I want, wanted, wanted more in this life. That too. Like, it didn't make any sense. Like looking at how yeah. the, the 2010s played out, like this, it just doesn't make any sense that that trade didn't happen. But then you saw freaking Kevin Durant go to the Warriors and nobody batted an eye. And like a year later, like LeBron ends up going to the, to the heat. It, what? Like, 
I get that like Kobe and Chris Paul would have been a great team, but no matter what you say, you cannot tell me that that team would have been as unstoppable as the 2017 Warriors were. So. Oh like, yes. Oh team. yes. We can, we can go into that. We can go into that. Yeah. 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 We, you literally oh, DM me after I tweeted something. Yeah. We can go after that. But what I'm saying is like, um, so that's the first aspect I want to talk. First of all, First of all, I need to get back on the meme game. Like, I know you took all the talk time and stuff. I need to get back on the meme game. When I was in the playoffs, like the bubbles for my burner account at OVO Lake Show uh, on Twitter for you guys, follow me on there. Uh, you're probably checking out this podcast from there. So I appreciate every one of those listeners. Um, dude, I need to get back in the meme game. All of these people that have like, I, th- I don't think you understand, like I don't, all the people that have like viral tweets about NBA stuff, like those are like popular users that I follow and follow me back. And like, we're in group chats together. So it's like, low-key like my compadres so i need to get back on it um i deleted my instagram today so hopefully i'm gonna make more nba content that's a side note the the chris paul and kobe thing that was that okay first of all that wasn't vetoed because it was too powerful that's i think that's like a casual state of mind the nba owned the new orleans hornets at the time because they were in transit with i remember that so it's literally david stern's decision and him being the commissioner he was able to you know have uh you know, overstanding power over it. And he, he, he ruled, no, um, I, I need to get the details down on that because I don't understand how you can agree on a trade. And then if you're the owner say no, after there's an agreed upon trade, which makes no sense. Um, so there's some details with that. It's very funny because in the years after um, Kobe would like really be salty and like reference the Chris Paul trade. And like, he would be upset that like, we've never seen, like he, he would throw shade and be like, man, I mean, we, I mean, we wouldn't really be having this conversation if Chris Paul was on the team right now. So I want to get that out of the way. Like if Chris Paul is on the team, like, and I, and I had a tweet out like a long time ago, that is the greatest backcourt of all time. Prime Chris Paul yeah. in a post prime Kobe like Bryant. It. There is no better duo that could ever be formed unless we're talking Magic Johnson and MJ. That's another thing. So the fact that this trade happened um, makes me a little salty as a Lakers fan. Um, Wait, just before you get into it, I go just for want, it, go for it, go for it. Like one thing about that trade, and the reason, another reason why it didn't happen was, um, I don't know if you remember, but the lockout was going on at that time. Exactly. So, so all the owners, the, yep, yep. and like basically the commission were all together in the same. Nets up one with under a minute left. By the way, Nets Bucks. Yeah, and then I'm watching Chris the game. Milton just took just took the lead with Jesus a minute left. Continue to talk. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, Jeannie Bus and um, her dad show up to this owner's meeting to kind of discuss the lockout. And during the same time was when the rumors began, you know, with Chris Paul possibly going to the Lakers and KD. Oh my God. Watch this. I do. You're like a second ahead of me on the stream. So I know. Like kind of irritating. Cause like, I just want Joe Harris, like hit a knockdown three, but I guess it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so they, they were like talking about the trade rumors and like, obviously the owners weren't happy about that. Cause those were like two of the best players at the time in the NBA and it just got shut down real fast. Yeah. Pretty crazy. That, that, that was one of the, like, um, I can't believe we turned the James Harden trade into something like this. I guess that's how much of an enthusiast we are, but I like it. I like it a lot. So like one of the, um, yeah, one of the, one of the results of that, take a time out, bro. It's kind of crazy. This game um, is like making this. Sorry, guys. There's like 3.5 seconds left. I, I know you're not there yet, but uh, Bucks are down too. Like, they geez. wasted five seconds to not take a timeout, which makes no sense. Um, uh, we were talking about, you know, the, yeah. So one of the results of that, you know, ownership meeting was that, yo, we, we cannot, we need to install parity in the league. Like this, this stuff cannot happen. You know, we, we want balance in the league. And Chris Paul going to the Lakers 
uh, the two-time champions was not one of the ways to do that. Um, and it was very awkward because Lamar left and that created a whole huge fallout between Pau Gasol and Lamar mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I think that was crazy. Um, anyways, let's bring it back to current times right now. Um, the thing I, I love most about this trade is the Victor Oladipo and Karis LeVert swap. Really? I think the destinations for where they got, I, I could care less about James Harden. Like that's, that's already a thing. Um, its own conversation, which we'll obviously get into, uh, but definitely want to discuss like the minor sort of acquisitions. Um, I think with Sabonis's sort of arrival and Miles Turner and you know Malcolm Brogdon, you know, really, really, nice really, really general. good team. And they TJ Warren, if he's playing to the level of he played into the bubble, which is like you know a moderate eighteen point score. Karis Levert is a perfect fit there, man. And I think honestly, it's the same. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that he's any different than having. I think Oladipo's better. A slight, slightly better than Levert, though. That's exactly, and and I think that's why. Like, if okay, you put Levert in that situation, like you're getting a lesser version of him, right? Exactly, a poor man's Oladipo, who who you don't have to pay. You don't have to pay Levert. That's the thing. And Oladipo is going to be demanding because he's like a two-time All Star. He was going to demand like near max money with Levert. He's still making a name for himself, and you put him in a situation where he can thrive and sort of be that third, fourth option, uh, and comfortably be able to ride him without you know worrying about. Uh, you know, his contract moving forward, it's in a great spot. So Indiana yeah. lucked the fuck out because they got rid of their expiring. Um, Vic's a great guy. I think it was a mutual agreement. Yeah, they and got that. They got the around. value that they want. They, they, they didn't lose any value, right? And I think that's the big part. So Is the game over for you? No, it's not. What happened, bro? Just tell me. <laughs> I, I didn't even catch it, actually. I can't even tell you what happened. Um, they're about to go to replay. But um, what do you call it? Uh, yeah, I think this is perfect fit for Karis LeVert. Just a sound, a fundamentally sound guy. If he wants to take the scoring load, he can. Sabonis is an unselfish player. If he wants to go try and average 26, Indiana is the place to do it. I think they tried a lob or a shot or whatever. Oh, Chris Middleton. Yeah, he missed. Tried a fadeaway three. How bad did he miss? I'm surprised. Oh, it was very close. Jesus Christ. Very close. Um, The final Nets win by two against the Bucks. I want to get into that later. Um, That's big, bro. I I just love it. I I like the Karis Levert fit so much. And then moving on to the Houston side, let's take care of these destinations first. Uh, Victor Oladipo with John Wall. Come on, man. Like, that's that's amazing right there, right? Like, you have an expiring deal. You you relieve some cap space. You you take the season to uh, evaluate the talent of Victor Oladipo with John Wall coming back from surgery. Um, Christian Wood is a budding star. You're in a great spot if you're Houston. And what did they get? They got four first-round picks and four first-round pick swaps uh, from the Nets if everything goes bad. And this is literally a, a repeat that everyone talks about of the Garnett, Pierce, and Terry trade. Um, so do you know where Harden, Katie, and Kyrie are going to be in 2027? Uh, cause I don't, that could be a fucking a phenomenal pick. So, I mean, I think Houston is the overall, um, clear winner. That's a hot take right there. I think, I, I don't think, know about clear. that. I think at the end, I think Houston is the winner of this trade. I, I, I can make the argument. Um, you can make the argument for the Nets, which is the most popular opinion, the best player in the trade. Uh, you know, who gets the best player kind of wins the trade, but I would make, I could, I would want to make a case for the Rockets because they return eight potential picks and a two-time all-star that, that is a huge return. Um, so uh, I like what the Rockets and Pacers did. Um, let's, let's, let's talk about them first before we jump on the, the big kahuna. Um, I think there's a team out here that you're missing out on, dude, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I don't know why you're, you're, you're not even talking about them. Like, 
they picked up. You take it. If you want to spend two good time players. talking about the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, be my guest. I, I kind of do want to spend my time talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers. They picked up Jared Allen, bro. Jared Allen is a huge yeah, After a the huge Cavs piece. already have like six centers on their team. I mean, you say that, but at the end of the day, the Cavs are the second best defense in the league right now, which is kind of crazy, but but that that's a fact. And they just picked up a big man who can play defense and play defense really well. You know, I think the Cavs are beating expectations. Nobody thought that their weird combination of Sexland was going to do well, but it, it is, right? Sexland. And the, the crazy part is both of them are not playing, and they're still, like, in games, you know? They're six and seven, seventh in the, in the, in the Eastern Conference. You bring their two – you bring their backcourt back. You have Jared Allen, Kevin Love. Like, you don't know whether that guy's going to play or not. Like, it's pretty inconsistent, right? Having that backup big for them I think is huge. I think – you know, getting Tarion Prince as well, like a good three-point shooter that can kind of stretch the floor for them a little bit. But they don't know what they're doing, bro. Like, do you know what happened today? Like, K- KPJ was like... Was I know, but like, like KPJ is done. I understand. But, you know, you walk away from this trade much better with a with a really do undervalued... We, do, we have the, do we have the number one defense? The Lakers have the number one defense? The Lakers have the number one defense, and then right after that is the Cavs, which is crazy. Yeah. And like, then Memphis, Dallas, and Philly? Yeah. Okay, we have the same list. Just check. Continue. Um, I think the list I saw actually put Philly third. But regardless of, of the point, like these guys are all like a bunch of young, scrappy guys that are willing to play. And Andre Drummond is actually like proving that, you know, his stats mean something, which I think he didn't really have the chance to in, in Cleveland. I mean, sorry, in Detroit. Um, and, and like to, I guess, go back to the Rockets and the Pacers a little bit. Um, more so on the Rockets side, I'm a little concerned with the Oladipo trade because – you're getting Oladipo, and he might be a UFA next next season or this upcoming free agency. So what does that really mean for you? Are you walking away with almost nothing in return other than your picks? Because if Oladipo walks from Houston, then they didn't really get any return in terms of a player, right? So I guess that is something to consider. Like, I hope that the Rockets extend Oladipo. Like, I don't really know the situation there, but I mean, that is something that, you know, you kind of got to consider moving forward. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. The Cavs, I mean, if they can get pieces, that's good for them. Um, and you're right. No, I was just joking earlier, but like, seriously, like what they were able to do, I think they gave away what they, they gave away two players. They got two back. Dante Exton. I feel bad for him. He's kind of like all around the league and a, uh, <laughs> sucks. Sorry. And, and, a, and, and a first round pick. Via Cleveland, yeah, yeah, from the Bucks, first round pick and two guys for two talented and semi uh, starters in our league. Uh, good yeah. for them. I think it's. I think everyone won. This is actually kind of nuts. Um, everyone kind of won for the most I part. Don't, I don't know if the Rockets Honestly. won. I just know that they, they like secured their future because they had no picks and now they do. So have you think picks. everyone else is a winner except maybe the Rockets? Dude, the Rockets had to give up a, a freaking MVP who's like but always an MVP list. But you had to accept that. Victor Oladipo, man. But you had to accept that. Like, Drew Holiday went to the Bucks for, like, a player in five picks, bro. Like, But you knew – but they knew they were getting traded. Like, six months ago, the Rockets made a decision, okay, we're losing this guy. What is the best possible thing we can do? It is inevitable we're losing this guy. What is the best possible thing we can I do? I understand that. But now you're picking up Victor Oladipo, who may or may not stay, which means that if he leaves, your main guy that you're relying on is Christian Wood. 
Which isn't yeah. a bad thing. No, but Oladipo, are you seeing what Oladipo is doing right now? He's playing phenomenally. He's I mean, he is, but, six and but what, what, what exactly, what, what, what inclination do you have that he's going to stay? Oh no, it's not about that. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and like, and, 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 and like that's like the the talent, the, no, it's not about the expiring. It's about the talent you're getting in that particular moment. That's my point. I don't think I don't think that matters if the person doesn't stay, because yeah, so there was rumors he wants to end up in Miami. Still, you're right. So yeah, so what does that exactly mean? Like, sure, he's going to play a crazy thirty games for them, possibly get them into a play-in spot, and then what? He leaves, and then now you're looking yourself in the eye. Okay, you got like four picks. I mean, you got more picks. So like. I'd be like, what exactly are you going to do, right? And, like, yeah. I don't know if they might have gotten some inclination to trade for Oladipo, but the moment, you know, Harden said that in the press conference, I feel like the Rockets kind of forced a trade and rushed it. But another person that caught a lot of flack while that was going on was Ben Simmons. Um, I don't know if you were reading some of the articles where people were like, why did the Rockets not trade for Ben Simmons? What was the whole thing with that? And... I mean, from what we can kind of tell, a lot of people are saying that he kind of hit his ceiling. Like, this is what you're going to get with Ben Simmons. I thought it was a question. Yeah, I thought it was a questionable fit, though, with the Rockets. Oh, no, me too. I absolutely thought the same thing. Um, I just didn't know how him and John Wall would work together. But, like, I think I think one thing that, you know, some of, the, some of my friends that I was talking to and my cousin was saying that, yeah, you just trade John Wall, but I don't really know who's in the market looking for John Wall. So... It, it, it was like a big question mark altogether, but a lot of people were questioning if, if Ben Simmons has improved as a player and if he is as good of a player as people think he's going to become um, in the future because everyone's always talking about how like, oh, this guy's going to start hitting his threes or like this guy's going to start doing something different where he's like an offensive machine like he's on defense. But to me, like, I think he's had a ceiling. Like, I know he's only 25, but like, wow. you're not going to see him becoming as, a much better player um, like you will see him progress, but like I think I think what you see is what you're gonna get for the rest of his career, which isn't bad. Like you know, you get an all-star level player, but not like a superstar like people are thinking he's gonna be. Yeah, I I, I think yeah we could talk about Ben Simmons another time. I just think that I I think I think the Rockets did the best they could, and if if Victor plays with John Wall and sees the fit, Demarcus coming back, Christian Wood, you know, if you're able to see, give someone that kind of environment and while the Rockets are kind of rebuilding and give them the kind of talent, I mean, on paper with the three players that we just listed and, and PJ Tucker, stuff like that, you could argue is a better situation than Indy for him, honestly, uh, moving forward, moving forward. Yeah. Cause listen, look, Vic, Victor's losing shine to Sabonis who's already taken as an all-star. These are all guys who are trying to prove themselves from cousins back to Gordon, to Tucker, to wall, to wood, like Victor can slide right in there and take the helm because out of all those guys, he knows what his role is. And he knows he's already established himself when healthy, one of the best 24 players in the league. That's how, that's how deadly this guy is for real. I don't know if he's a top 24 player now, but I think at his peak, he was, nobody knows if he can kind of produce at that level consistently yet. But that's why it's a, it's a new situation. That's why I'm saying this new situation, I think can present that. Look, look, remember we had this discussion about John wall. You and I were arguing back and forth about what he would do. And I, I called it right surprised. on the money. I, was I called it right on the money. I never said he was going to be 2017 John Wall. But look what he's doing now. He's putting up solid numbers for a guy coming back from post Achilles. And that's Honestly, incredible. I mean, he's putting up the number. He, he's getting almost 20 points a game whenever he plays and gets yeah. the minutes. He's just, but the problem again, injury, any injury, the dude's not playing. 
um, for like two, three games at a stretch just to be, you know, precautious, which sucks. Um, so, I mean, Victor today has like what, 24, four and five. So already he's like doing pretty well. Yeah. So right about his average is like a little bit below. So, you know, these recovering guys, I like what Houston's doing in terms of getting assets. Um, and I think, and, and I'm, I'm excited to see, because you do have a point that if he goes to Miami, this will render pointless. But then again, look at it, the positive Houston has at, like cap space, look, 20, 25 million in cap space with a decent 2021 free agent class um, upcoming and to look for a backcourt made with John Wall. And there's like a lot of, a lot of suitable options for him. Um, I do. So look, I think we should transition uh, now that we got all the wrinkles out of the way. Um, just what this means overall, we can go in so many different directions. James Harden with the, with, with the Brooklyn Nets. Do you want to focus on the Brooklyn Nets or what this big three kind of means for the league? I think we can start with what it kind of means for the league. I think a lot of people are looking at it as uh, an immediate championship contender. I still think that what's on what's at stake for them is a, a championship to lose or a championship to get to. Like they all are there right now in the hopes for making the finals. And I think that that is the expectation. Um, that being said, I don't know if they're going to get there, but that's definitely going to be to their detriment if they don't, because they have no excuses almost. They really right? don't. They have no excuses. Like James Harden wanted to go to Brooklyn they, so I'm sure that the players have kind of talked about it. The, the, the coaching staff knew that they would have to lose players to do so. Yeah. Like the it really depth. is championship robust. I don't think there's any way around it. Right. Yeah. So like, that's why, like, I've always like been very clear, like the, the Nets have to make the finals for this to be fruitful. No, they and have to win it all. You think they have to win it all? I think, they if they, have to I, win think it all. I think if they go to the finals and they don't win it all, we see a Kyrie trade. Yeah, because he's the third fiddle, and he's the type of guy. He, I don't really know which team is going to take him because he has a lot of his like semantics that he goes on. Like he could straight up just be like, "I'm not going to play." Like screw you. Just because it's championship or bust doesn't mean like if you bust, like there are serious like major. No, no, I'm not. Coming. I'm not saying that there are serious major changes because they 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 have to bust. I just think that in terms of affordability and like literal like picking up depth the best thing they can do is trade Kyrie. Because you have James Harden and Kevin Durant who can play. We with- haven't even seen Kyrie. We haven't. No, that's so, I, that's so fucked up. I disagree I, with you. I got to stand I, up for Kyrie. No, that's I don't fucked. think it, what he's, he's going to be clearly the third, the third fiddle to no, this. No, you don't know that. It doesn't Absolutely, matter. We, I know that. Like as a score, these guys are all on the same levels pretty much. Absolutely. As a score. But if you have but to I'm trade saying- one guy out of the three to get depth, who would you trade? I'm just saying, but why is that trade? an option? We haven't even seen them yet. No, I understand. You haven't seen Kyrie there yet. I understand. But they're great. How is no part of you thinking that this could be great? There's a part of me that thinks that it's going to be great, but the, the part, but like it's a very small part because I know that they have no defensive capabilities. That's fine. No, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna step in here. That is that's just ridiculous. When people make mean? these trades, you have to acquire talent. So you know, necessarily like okay, it's a it's a boatload of talent, and, and obviously like the whole league like was shook. I get it. But this is what the league is going towards. Like if know. you want to overload on offense, do it do it in, in an explicit manner. And that's what they're doing. They got fucking the 
2014 Olympic squad, Team USA on their team. Good for them. They were able to pull it off. Why are they going to uh, immediately think about depth in trading Kyrie? It's not going to work. One ball. You haven't even give them one. Even if they suck for the next 15, 20 games, it sucks. And, okay, and you're going to disagree with this because, you know, it's Chris Bosh's difference, something like that. The Heat were 8 and 9 in their first 17 games, right? Everyone was saying blow it up. Everyone was saying that. I'm not saying blow it up for that reason. I'm just saying that, see, that team already had some depth, like, to it, right? So it's like, okay, you want to play it up. No, I disagree. It did. I disagree. They had had some good players. They they added a bunch of veterans over the course of, like, their two years. I understand that. Veterans, sure, but you can find veterans anywhere. They have veterans right now. DeAndre Jordan is a veteran. Jeff Green is starting for them and is a veteran. That's It's it's overblown. (laughs) They don't have any defensive capabilities. They don't. How do you know that? What do you mean, how do I know that? As players, as an overall team, they're like ranked 13th in defense. Tell me, how did they win 68? How did the Rockets win 68 games with an offensive firepower as they did? They were a good defensive team in 2017. They were a good defensive team. With who? Besides P.J. Tucker, with who? What do you mean? They they P.J. Tucker, Eric Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon can't guard. Chris Paul. No, okay, Chris Paul is six foot wing, can't guard anyone since 2005. These people, no, these people are, 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 are good defenders. So tell me why Kevin Durant is not a good defender. I just don't think he is. He's, he's, he's a great he's defender. He's, he's a great defender. He's Go look at his average. metrics. He's a great defender. He's all right. Like he had a better defensive season when he, he had better defensive season when he was playing with the Warriors because that was the emphasis for them. But that doesn't make him a great defender. He's an average defender. He's not an average defender. I, I refuse to believe that. He. He's a great defender. And Jeff Green's a good defender. DeAndre Jordan can block shots for you. That's what I'm saying. These are- Jordan, no, you're like, I feel like you're just like kind of glossing over the fact that they do have a lack of defensive capability. Okay, so let's just do like a mathematical calculation. So on average, this team's going to score 130, right? Easily. That's that's without a question, right? I mean, 130, right? Potentially. They didn't score and they're going to they're gonna allow them, the other team, to score 130. Does the other team that they're facing have the offensive firepower than the Nets? Probably not. No, probably they not. have an elite offense. So they're a step, they're a step below, right? So you give them about 120, 125 points a game. That's fine. But but to your point, the other team, like like the Bucks, are gonna be able to guard the Nets, right? So they're gonna put them right around even, right? Okay. So with the offensive firepower that the Nets have their defensive buffer and how much they have to defend at a high level diminishes because how much they can overpass that with unseen offense, offensive levels. No, you get what I'm saying? No, you just say that they'll just like outshoot the other team and then they'll win games. It, it's not, they're not going to win games like this. It's not about outshooting though. This is not outshooting. We're talking in the regular about season you're ball handlers. Games. We're yeah, talking in about the, three straight in the, ball handlers. In the regular game. season, you'll see this team, like, do some crazy shit on the offensive end. Like, you'll be like, wow, like, how did they do that? Okay, but no, even but when in, it the comes playoffs, to- in the playoffs, how are you going to lock in on three ball handlers? It's easy to guard two, I understand. But with three ball handlers, how does that sh- shift in the playoffs? What do you mean? I think it's – I how think does defense it wins you games in the playoffs. I agree. Times over but how, are the, how is any defense going to guard three elite scorers? These three scores are the top like I mean, scores ever in history. The Spurs did it with James Harden. I, I'm sure that that's one score. Okay. Okay. So then, okay, on then one you, team. you do that to him and Kyrie, and let KD do whatever the hell he wants. It doesn't matter if KD scores 50 if the if his if his other two guys can't produce. But that's 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 assuming 
that the Spurs are going to lock up or like whatever team is going to fully lock up Kyrie and Harden. Yeah, that is probably what they're going to do. And lock him up. So locking up means like under 20 a game. Well, I mean, and you're talking about the greatest score in the league, which is James Harden. If you just keep those people and what has he done in the playoffs? It doesn't matter though. Okay, no, he what do you mean? It points. He still pull up points. That's yeah, my so point. In the regular season. He still pulls up points. The playoffs, no, 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 no. He struggles. Hart, he struggles. That's fine. Because guess what? He has a two-time Finals MVP to carry that struggle. If he if he struggles, and an almost Finals MVP next to him too. I, I, don't think, I don't think that matters when you're talking about it. like offensively. They're obviously going to be amazing. They're going to outscore every team that they play. But but when they, they're also oh, going to allow the same amount of points coming back their way. But literally, it's not the same amount of points. Like they they literally won by five against the Magic. Like the without, games that they're playing are without are Kyrie, close. without without a twenty-seven point game per score. They're without their starting point guard. Sure, okay, you add Kyrie, but like sure you add Kyrie. Kyrie is not Eric Gordon up here, dude. Kyrie is a fucking G. He is. I know. Kyrie. Kyrie was in the MVP race before he before he before he went on his thing. Before I, when I was leave of absence, Kyrie was in the. Those MVP. are the things that you don't know about this team. Like I. And like you don't know if Kyrie's just gonna take a random like, but you don't know these three off. guys are not gonna fit. That's my point. You don't I mean, know. I understand that they'll play well together offensively, but I just don't know how defensively this whole will change. Like you're talking about Jeff Green that has to guard like a bunch of stretch players, right? DeAndre Jordan, like you're relying on old ass guys to like make your rotations. But I, I'm not expecting them to guard. We know philosophically. I think that they have the to playoffs, be at least to win championships. You have to play defense. That's fantastic. That is great. But the way the league is changing, and we have never, ever, 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 ever in history seen this kind of offensive weaponry anywhere on one roster from three different directions. I think we have. On any given night, you have three guys, not two, three guys that can drop 50. 50. 50. You literally had that with Steph, KD, and Clay. No, you didn't. Clay literally had... Clay had 60 points in like he had 37 in like a quarter, bro. Yeah, that's one game out of 40 games which he gets hot. Yeah, and but like you, you, you never the rest know. of the game to a blow. You, blow no, up. like the man has has had 40 point games while playing alongside KD and Steph. Not not with you're KD never, and Steph. It's always one guy. He's not yeah, he's not a creator you, though. What makes you think that with these guys that they have right now, that every guy's gonna score fifty there's a game that there's potential that each person's gonna score fifty points? I don't think that's what? possible. Have That's you what you're seen what say. they've done individually? Have you seen what they've done? Dude, I don't see all – like, there's not enough shots in a basketball game for all of them to score 50. If I'm not – no, you, no you're saying ridiculous. that. I didn't say all 50. You said no, all 50. No, I'm like saying I, individually, at any given night, one of them can drop 50 without yeah. a doubt. And the, and the Warriors had that too. I think the Warriors on paper did not your squad. No way. The Warriors yeah. are offensively. Warriors, yeah, so this is what you're talking squad. about over DMs. You think the Warriors were a better squad because you have physical evidence to prove that they were a better squad because you saw how they defended teams. That's not fair to see. No, what defensively, the squads were also like, like the players were just better defenders. Like Andre Godala was a good defender. Sean Livingston. Because you saw them after KD joined. You have evidence to back that up. Even before KD joined, Andre Godala was a good defender. Like, it's not fair. Clay for you was to al- argue. Clay was always a good defender. Like it before you add Kevin Durant to the mix, like like subtract Kevin Durant. The, that team went to the finals and won. Like the team was already good. Adding Kevin Durant to that mix made them even better. Yeah, so like, why are you I don't saying even understand. better? How can you say that they're, they were even better? What do you mean? If you were to compare the 2017 Warriors why? lineup. Exactly, exactly. To the 2020 do, do we have, Brooklyn Nets. Do we, no, like, you don't. We can't. We cannot do that. We can't do that. 
You have evidence to see the 2017 Warriors. I'm you not saw even them talking through. about the evidence. I'm no, just you saw them through. From a pure defensive standpoint, like the team is a much better defensive team. No Regardless one's, of no one's denying that. No one's okay. denying that. So but then, I okay. think anyone who has a fucking right mind, you can say Clay fits better with their team. That's fine. But I'm talking on paper. Anyone would take Kyrie over Clay Thompson on their team. Clay, Kyrie Irving literally fathered Clay Thompson in multiple finals. Kyrie literally fathered Steph Curry in multiple finals. Give this man some respect. He literally got so many buckets off Curry. Steph and Curry Clay. is is a two time MVP. And that's fantastic. And guess defender. what? He got Curry hit one. Curry hit one jumper. No, bro. He, he literally <laughs> he literally bitched on Steph Curry for three straight games and had the biggest choke job in NBA Finals history. History. Steph has that on his on his blemish. On his resume, at that blemish I, on his resume. Yeah, and then he he went on and won two championships. Yeah, because he has he had more talent around him with KD. That's a different story. That's what I'm no, saying. No, because they have so one of give the greatest Kyrie his rosters of all time, dude. Exactly, and that's not Kyrie's fault at all. But what Kyrie could control is that he literally owned his matchup every single year in the finals. Kyrie owned Steph Curry 100 out of the out of the time. Yeah, but it, 16, okay. 17, and does, yeah, 16 and 17, he destroyed him in the finals. Yeah, absolutely, he did. But at the end, yeah, of the exactly. Day, like, you're, you're playing alongside two other guys who you're going to be the third fiddle to. Like, it doesn't matter if you destroy your matchup. The dude's going to be averaging like 17 a game. That's fine. He's, he can do, but he can destroy his matchup. What does destroying your matchup mean offensively? You have the upper hand. So the point guard matchup is already taken care of. I mean, Kevin Durant, James Harden is the best shooting guard in the league. Okay. Ke- Kevin Durant I'll just ask you a simple small, question. Small I, I, I'll just ask you a simple question because you're like so high on the Nets. Do you think the Lakers will beat the Nets this year if they go to the finals? Absolutely, but for different reasons. Okay, so why? Depth. It's about depth. No, I think if you were to it's just really put, about depth, it's about defense. I don't think it's about depth. It's, no, it's really not about, about defense. defense. It's not about defense because I don't Dude, know if LeBron can... can guard anyone. My point is, and why can't LeBron we, guard anyone? We have a force down low that they can't. They, they can't stop, and it's gonna. Well, you know, oh, why can't they stop the force down low? Who's you think DeAndre Jordan is gonna stop Anthony Davis? Do you think DeAndre Jordan's gonna stop Giannis? Do you think DeAndre Jordan's gonna stop Joel Embiid? But I'm. But you're not getting my point. Like, no, no, like guys, no, we're talking about defense. Are, I am not. Are, I'm no, not disagreeing with you that they just, that they, they're not a just de- like, defensive team, dude. You need to. You need to. You need to defend these guys if you want to beat the teams in the East, don't you? How are you going to beat the Bucks in a, in a seven can, game series? But they can defend them minimally. That's my defend point. them minimally. So you're going to yes. keep Giannis to what, like thirty five a night? Dang, bro. Okay, but I could turn the same thing on you. That's what's th- turn the same thing on you. How is anyone gonna lock James by your by your by your standards? Oh yeah, Bucks just need to lock Harden and Kyrie up. It's simple as that. They can be locked yeah. up. Tell me one game in history while when Harden was locked up, even when he was choking in the playoffs, he was still getting thirty-five points a game. It's no, about wasn't. the fourth quarters that everyone gives him shit for. Bro, the games he, he choked in, yes, he, he was. was he was oh, getting thirty a night. Yeah, by going to the free throw line and like making like one out of his twenty. But he was shots still getting buckets. So in the fourth quarters, guess he's what? He's gonna, gonna finish with thirty. Shots. He's no, gonna he's finish just, thirty. But yeah, Katie's gonna finish a, games. Kyrie's gonna finish games because they're I champions. I understand. I understand. But like, if you keep a team from being efficient from the from like their shooting night or like their field goals. No, that's false. It's not a team. You're stopping one player. That doesn't mean the team can't be efficient. Dude, if you keep them all out of rhythm, then no, you're not though. That's even not, if you're six you for seventeen so and you're like thirty. You points, think it's like, so it's easy? Fine. These are all world scores. These are top five scores, like in the league. It's not that easy. Even if you put Kawhi Leonard on, it's not that fucking. I think easy. the Buck, I think the Bucks match up pretty well to the to the Nets. Like they have Drew Holiday, they have Gian, Giannis. Who's these are all like good defenders. And I, you, I don't I don't Chris disagree Middleton? with you, but it's not it's not every night. And guess what? They lost by two, and they didn't have Kyrie. 
I understand. Think, think about adding Kyrie to the mix, another ball handler who can get his own shot. I don't think shot. it would have made much of a difference. Yeah, you're fucking stupid for that. That is absolutely bullshit. Kyrie's av- Kyrie, Kyrie was getting buckets. I'm talking averaging 30 a game. You don't think adding a 30-point-per-game score to that game would have changed anything? Okay, yeah, Middleton's going to lock up Harden. That's cool. Giannis is going to lock up KD. Guess what? They both got 30. They both got 30. These all-world defenders, Drew Hardy you're talking about, guess what the box score was today with Harden and KD? How do you explain that then? They're great defenders, right? How did they get their numbers? Explain that to me. I That's mean, a different story, though. But now you add a 30-point-per-game score in Kyrie. Does that change anything? Dude, you, no, it Curry's doesn't. not a 30-point-per-game scorer, bro. Any night he could be. But yeah, he fine. Could, okay. Fine. That's fine. Okay, dude, add 24 like, points to that. Whatever you want. I'll give you whatever. I'll give you whatever. Add another just, 20 point score to that. Uh, what happens? He's not, but he's not going to get 24 points. That's my thing. Like, he's not going to get the ball, like, the same way that James He's the Harden point became. guard. He's the point guard. Of course he's going to have the ball. James Harden is going to be playing point, bro. Kyrie's going to probably be playing shooting guard. No, Kyrie's a point guard. Even when Chris yeah. Who was the point guard? Who was the point guard when Russ and CP were on the team? That's my point. It's it's about distribution. You think Harden has the ball most of the time? Yes, they'll switch off, but Kyrie's gonna play his natural position of point guard. James Harden's natural position is a shooting guard. What do you mean his natural position? James Harden is a much better passer than Kyrie. Why would you not run? But it's their natural positions. Kobe Bryant was a much better passer than fucking Smush Parker, but he's still playing shooting guard most of the time, bro. It's not about that shit. Kobe Bryant was averaging more assists than every one of his point guards in his fucking career. It's not about better passer in position. Yeah, but but I think Kyrie is better. I I think Kyrie does a much better job of like trying to score the ball. Why would he, why would he play the shit? Because he's been playing point guard his whole life. Of course he's a scoring point guard. It's of course, but that doesn't change his natural position. So so then the person who's going to be running the sets is going to be James Harden. It's not running this. How could you say that? He's, they're going to switch off. It doesn't matter. They don't care about position, but I'm saying on paper, Kyrie is going to be the point guard. That is obvious to anyone. Go look at Kyrie's Irving's name right now. He's a point guard by nature. LeBron James is the greatest passer in the league. Guess what fucking position he plays? Every single box score. Okay, I understand. But like the person who's going to be okay. That honestly, that's just semantics. At the end of the day, like exactly, Harden's going to be running the freaking. No, he's not. Why are you saying that? They can. Who's been running the sets without Harden right now? I miss KD. KD, you're not even watching the fucking games. Kyrie brings the fucking ball up. What are you talking? Oh, you mean about okay? Oh, no, I, I, I thought I thought when you meant that when Kyrie wasn't playing, like when it was just KD, dude, it was it was literally just KD bringing the ball up, or like it would be like Joe Harris and you give him the ball, or it'd be like Chris Levert. Kyrie Irving is a point guard. I want you to look up Kyrie Irving. No, I understand right that now. he's a point guard, but in this in this he's composition, been point guard for seven he, years. I don't understand why you're going to take his position. No, the way he would fit best is if he were to have some of that shooting guard-esque type of position. Like He already does, though, but his position doesn't need to change. He doesn't need to stop running sets just to place him. Obviously, they're going to switch off sets. Russell Westbrook and James Harden switched off sets. Yeah, I understand that. Russell's okay. a point guard. I understand that, but I also don't think that adding him isn't going to make this squad that is already there significantly better on a defensive end, right? And that's what you need to see the jump in. Kyrie Irving is averaging 27 on the season. Yeah, and he missed like seven games. And six assists and five rebounds again. Yeah, and he missed like seven games. He's he's been playing phenomenal when he's he is literally a top ten MVP candidate. I hope you realize that. I understand this. All of this is and you're out. talking about him getting locked up by God knows who and scoring. I'm not talking 17 about him, game. bro. He's gonna get seventeen a game because there's not enough space for him in this in this. In this squad, you literally said they're going to score one thirty a game. How, just distribute those points for me, please. 
Dude, I don't know Please. how they're going to distribute those points. No, yet. distribute it. You, you distribute you can, it. You're going to get 17. So what does that mean? I mean, they got other players, bro. Like, you're going to see some nights where Jeff Green's going to have like seven, eight points. I want you to give me George a night. is going to have like 15. Give me like an 15. average night. Give me an average night of how they get to 130 right now. Do it. Bro, I'm not going to do the math for you. Do it. But, do it. But I know for a fact that Kyrie's going to average like 20, 70 to 20 points a game. James Harden can get you like anywhere from 28 to 30 points a game. KD's probably going to get you 30 a game. All right. You already got like what? 60 plus. That's 80. All, yeah, that's 80. And then you, you add all the bench players' points. I think that would get you maybe 30 to 40 points. So, Looking at about 120, 110, 120 points a game. I don't think they're going to be averaging 130 points a game. But you said they're averaging 130 earlier. You said that. You no, said that. You said that. No, and they got 125. They, guess what? They got 125 I, I, I today you, no, without I, a 27-point game per score. So, I mean, it is semantics, but, like, I don't think. So, what? They're going to be scoring 154? My, my okay, no, your no, overall so, point is, your overall point is, you don't trust them defensively. I think that is, I want to conclude this. Not conclude this, but, like, bring this back to circle. Your point that you keep harping on, they don't have defenders. They don't have defenders. They don't have defenders. They, they can't they guard can't a big defend. man. Defense can't win champion. Defense is needed to win championships. My overall point is there has never been a team with this much offense in history. I don't care who it is, who, who it is. Yes, there and was. No, there it was the 2017 Warriors. There was no team that had this many ball handlers that could make their own shot and get. Okay, that I give you. Level. Yeah, because they, 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 they can all handle the ball. Clay, but that Clay, doesn't is, mean that... Clay is not a ball handler to Kyrie's degree. And that's the worst okay. quote-unquote ball handler out of the three, which is insane because he probably has the best handles in the league. Anyways, okay. my whole overall point is with this kind of offense, yes, you don't want to see people out shooting and stuff. But guess what? The Rockets with a shittier team got so fucking close to beating the team you are saying right now. With just shooters, they they were able to almost outshoot the greatest team ever assembled and actually dethrone them based on shooters and just offensively alone. You're acting, you're acting like this Brooklyn squad is going to sweep in the playoffs. I think the first couple rounds they will. I don't think so. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, that's this. We that's, that's where we argue that. But my point is, if the Rockets, if we saw a formula where Mike D'Antoni, because this is not going away, we have to accept as much as I like defense, you don't think I like seeing people getting clamped up and stuff like that. I'm not promoting this new era of like uh, uh, tic-tac fouls, um, high score. I know it sells, but my overall point is that if this is the way the league is going, this is the way GMs are thinking, this is the way coaches are thinking, this is the way teams are thinking. Sure they have a plan to do so. And if they're going balls deep within it, it's going to work at some point. And when you get three ball handlers of this offensive caliber, something's got to fucking give than what we've seen in history. You got the Detroit Pistons in 04. There were so many defensive talents that were insane. It overloaded an excellent offensive team. We got so many offensive ball handlers here that guess what? It just might overload the number one defensive team in the league, the Los Angeles Lakers, or it just might overload the Milwaukee Bucks who have great individual defenders. I think the best chance you can take to break the system is with this collection of talent because we've never seen it before. So yes, it goes against everything history has brought us, but if there's any team, if there's any collection of talent that can do it and be that exception, just like the Detroit Pistons in 04, it has to be this team. And so you so. can scream from the heavens about defense, but 
you just look at the numbers, look at the math, look at their history, look at what scoring outputs they put individually and put that together and realize these guys, they don't have egos, which could be a separate conversation. I am fully convinced none of these guys have any egos. None of these guys have egos? Kyrie doesn't have an ego? No, not at all. Now that they're together, no way. I mean, it's hard to get defined. But they get together, there's no fucking way. Kyrie wanted to join KD. There's no egos. He was literally saying it all summer and stuff like that. You don't think he wants Harden on the team to actually win a championship? Kyrie hasn't won a championship in five years. He wants to get back to that. I don't think he cares, bro. He does. Honestly, at the beginning of the year, I was like, Kyrie this, Kyrie that. Like, I think he's going to have a great season. But, like, you haven't even seen the man play with Harden, so you can't put that. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about Harden. Like his off the court antics are just weird. Like straight up. But that has nothing to do. What do you mean? If somebody's trying to win a championship this year, if somebody's trying to win a championship this year, have you ever seen any of anyone just just straight up disappear for personal reasons for like six, seven games? Have you ever seen that happen? No, no, no. He's going to disappear. He's talking about no ego. But like, I'm just asking you, if you were to see. Freaking LeBron or Anthony Davis. Just Guess what? I'll, g- I'll give you an example right reasons. now. Guess who did it? Dennis fucking Rodman. Yeah. Dennis okay. fucking Rodman did it in the fucking finals, in the middle of it. And guess what happened? They won anyways. I understand, but that was because they were already like in the, like the team was already established as great. Like his role was very clearly defined. And like they, they had Phil Jackson as a coach. Steve Nash is a first time coach. All right. Like the, you cannot draw that parallel because the way Dennis was handled and the way people talk about that team overall was like, they've been together for many years. Nobody freaking knows Kyrie like that on this squad. This is like his second year on the team. Right. And he's supposedly one of the leaders in the locker room. Like everyone inequivocally knew with this like bull squad that you, that you brought up that Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen were the main guys. Right. These are the guys that were like the Los Angeles Lakers. The Los Angeles Lakers are up 20 in the first quarter against the yeah. state warriors with two minutes to go. Um, no, and that's no, okay, no, so and, and like, just, and to that point, dude, you, would you, if Anthony Davis tomorrow was like, dude, I'm leaving for personal reasons, you don't hear anything, yes. you just straight up, it's just gone. Yes, you don't I'm know fine. where he is. I'm 100% fine. I don't give a shit. No, of course, I don't you would give a shit. Give a I shit. personally don't give a shit. I don't, Why would I really don't. Why I don't wouldn't you care. And if we go on a two, three game losing streak, so be it. Because guess what? When he does come back and figure out his own, these fucking people are humans, bro. They don't owe us jack shit. I understand that. Anyone jack shit. I understand responsibility and shit like that, but they don't owe anyone jack shit. Guess what? When he comes on the court, he's going to average 30. That's why people didn't mind, you know, Harden doing what he did, because guess what? He's going to come back and drop 40 and stuff like that, which is a great argument. I get that. And, and but like the thing is like Harden plays every game. With this guy, like he just missed six straight games for like God knows what reason. And it's fine. Like, dude, do your thing. But like nobody's the, the only thing that when it like it comes to question is like what you do has consequences on the entire team and on the entire squad. When you're a leader, like you can completely do those things if everybody knew like where your mentality was at. But it seemed like everyone in Brooklyn had no idea what was going on. Dude, if you could just say like, yo, I'm taking off for this and this reason. I want to keep it personal. Like the, like the, the Nets would have just been like, yeah, like he doesn't want to reveal his reasons. Um, but we know where he is and like he'll come back. It will obviously be a different tune. Like that's not what was going on. Nobody knew what he was doing. And he does owe his team shit because they're paying him, right? Which is why I think that like you won't see this. You won't see these antics on a championship team is my point. I like I you don't I, see the Bucks doing this or like the Lakers doing this. Okay, but you can't compare everyone. Okay, if we know Kyrie's different, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm not going to stand up for his antics. Like, if you don't show up to work, you don't show up to work and you have to be held accountable. Guess what? Yeah. He's being held accountable. He lost $870,000. So he's being held accountable. But how long are we going to drag this on 
and glorify this issue that he missed six, seven games for in fucking November, I'm in not, January. I'm not like, glorifying. Why does that matter? What I'm talking especially about when you is, got an MVP on the team. My whole point is like, is Kyrie going to be in the playoffs? Yes or no? Is he going to start the playoffs if he's healthy? Is he going to play for the team? Yeah, I mean, I hope so. So why the fuck does this matter? High key. Literally, literally ask yourself why does it matter? Is it because of morale? Is it because of respect? If you if you want that, I'll give you that. But what the fuck does this matter? This team I mean, is expected to go deep, and that's all their fans should care about. I mean, that's what everyone thought about the Clippers, right? Yeah, but the Clippers are an abomination, and they have why? G League players. They're not dealing with MVP caliber players at all. Paul George and Kawhi. Paul Leonard. George. Paul George didn't take a leave of absence stuff like that. He didn't dip. He, he no, really he did. He but, showed like, up and choked, which is worse. <laughs> Which is literally worse. Kyrie's done uh, nothing but perf- outperform his haters and come. No, I, I understand that, but like what I'm different trying, circumstance. What I'm trying to tell you is that team didn't really care about the locker room culture. They didn't really care about the locker room morale. The two, their two best players were like, we're gonna come in and put in the work every day, right? And they did. Whether they whether they performed or not, they like they were there, right? And it didn't work out in their favor because like. Do you know why? When, when momentum switched and the Nuggets started winning, like when they went, when the Nuggets won that game and now it was 3-2 versus, you know, them being down 3-1, then they end up taking that game seven, like. Do you know why? Because Paul, George, because Paul George was never a champion. Kyrie Irving is an NBA champion. I he understand. It Dude, it's, it's about experience. Playing, playing like one extra guys. series doesn't necessitate that you're like now like, Completely. One extra series. You mean the greatest series of all fucking time is just one extra series now? No, I okay. Where he I, dominated, he dominated. He literally had a case for that Finals MVP, and you I know it. That. I understand that, but what I'm trying to tell you is, locker room culture is very important. And guess who set the president in that in that squad? It was LeBron. LeBron was like, "Yo, like we're gonna do this. We're gonna." There That's was no fine. Clippers culture. That's fine. And this Nets culture. The three guys that everyone's gonna look to are gonna be these three guys. It Kyrie That's fine. And KD. Yeah, but so so it's like you all I'm saying is like these when the playoffs like, start in May, August, is anyone gonna care about these seven games that Kyrie missed? No one's gonna care about it, but if they if they if they fail, then yes, people will but start why are you predicting things. them to fail? Because they don't have a good defense. <laughs> like so it they all won't even it, play well in the playoffs. It, it, it like all correlates at the end of the day. Like the guy who's gonna take the blame for this. If you are comparing the Clippers' horrible be, situation to, to the Nets' situation. I'm just talking about, okay, when you look at the media narrative, when you look at the one person that will take the KD's ball, not Paul George. We don't have a choker like that on this I team. Understand. No one, no one I understand. No one chokes like Paul George. But if the Nets go to the Eastern Conference Finals and they lose, or if they lose in the second round, whatever the hell happens, if they don't make it to the finals, the person who's going to get blamed is going to be I Kyrie agree with Irving. You. I agree with you. Right? I 100% agree with and you. And why will Kyrie Irving be blamed? Because he's the fucking scapegoat. Because people like like to criticize him because he's different. But guess what? He'll show up anyways. It's not guess different. What? It's the I can fact that he you, literally missed I can, guarantee, I can guarantee you that he's he's going to perform well in that series. And guess, you know who's going to perform the, the worst? If someone doesn't, it's going to be Harden. It's going to be Harden. Yeah, but like at the end of the day, it's like... Because Kyrie Irving can take care of himself and get his buckets for sure. Yeah, but it's like, you know, you need... What, what I'm saying is like culture is very important in the locker. And like even with... Boston, you know, he said he was going to be there and he, and he didn't show up. Like he had injuries and, you know, all this other stuff that was going on with him, which is why I, I was always like, I always thought that, you know, when he would come to the Nets, like he would just outperform. He'd do like, you know, a crazy job. And he is, he's doing a great job, but I guess there needs to be a little bit more commitment um, that, that is shown. Like, I don't care if, you know, if he, like, if we think that he's committed, 
based on how he's playing. Like, I need some commitment that is shown so that, you know, people as fans and, you know, fans of the NBA kind of know, like, yeah, this dude's locked in, ready to go, and they're looking to win a championship. So the Nets, you're right. I don't think, and this is the reason we both agree on and why I think they're not as good as the Lakers yet. So besides the big three, they have, like we said, DeAndre Jordan, Joe Harris, Bruce Brown, uh, Cabaret, and Jeff Green, and Reggie Perry uh, as their as their depth. Um, Landry Shamit. So if there's an... Is he there? Yeah, he, I don't know why he's fourth string on here, but Landry Shamit too. Um, so the depth is just not there, which is why I think the finals look, they'll cut short, but it is kind of championship robust. I'm really excited from the perspective of like, you get two years of Harden, uh, which is really dope. Um, you get three years, including this with Kyrie and Katie. So, I mean, it is, everyone's mind is just going to go to a potential trade, a potential trade, like this is not working. And it just goes to show you how impatient our like society is with sports teams and, and NBA teams specifically, which is absolute bullshit in my opinion. If they don't work it out this year, there's no fucking reason why they can't run it back and figure it out next year. That's what the NBA is about. Um, and I think hopefully they're mature and like at that age too, which I think they all are like, you know, at that, you know, they're at their prime in terms of their athletic ability and their, their mental ability, their strength kind of intersect. And sure. this is what I talk about when I talk about Kobe's second prime in 2008, where he just pieced it together. 2003, he had his athletic prime. Everything was on fire. 06, going scoring title, stuff like that. But the mental prime and, and the fundamentals of the game, the X's and O's, when it comes clear for you and seeing, I mean, that's already happened for Harden. Um, and that's happened for Kate, KD and Kyrie. That's why I think they're so lethal. Um, when you have three guys like that, three, three guys all at the same caliber, like any given night, I'll take any of one of them, like for one-on-one. I don't care. Like even Kyrie, I will put them up there. Like I'm, that's why I'm high on them. You, you have two ball handlers, which we're used to seeing. That's why it evens the playing field. But three, three MVP caliber players. Clay Thompson was never an MVP caliber player. I don't talking, care what year you give him. That's my point. From, you're a, just, from on paper's perspective. Sure. But I, I just think, again, like you're all talking on the offense. Like the thing is like these guys can only play a certain amount of minutes every game, right? And if they're playing 48 minutes a game, that's not going to you know create a toll on them. And, you know, the depth is going to show, right? And, like, when you're expecting players to perform on the offensive end, defensively, usually they lack. So sure. we'll that, see. That, that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from. So we'll see. No, it's definitely good points. Um, that was a great discussion. I'm not going to lie. That was great because uh, I, I agree. It's a toss-up if you cater to the defensive end because that's always important. But I just think the offense is just so overpowering that defense is kind of a second thought. Um, and we'll see if it burns them, burns them uh, from behind, you know, in these coming playoffs, because it does slow down and we'll see if their offensive power kind of slows down, but that's going to do it for us. We just spent an hour on the Harden trade guys. Um, it was, it's a long time coming two weeks out of it, um, out of the mix. Let us know how we did. Let us know your thoughts. Um, the huge announcement, uh, which we forgot to mention at the top of the show. Uh, we did make a TikTok, uh, So we're going to, you know, try to promote um, our podcast, you know, through, through social networks and stuff like that. So if you want to give us a follow, uh, that'd be Please great. Do. It's at Uncharted Pod. We're just going to be promoting, uh, you know, each episode of the pod with kind of a summary of what, what we're going to get into. And, uh, you know, if, if you like what you hear, you know, in, in that in that blurb, uh, we're going to have a huge link tree uh, to all our socials and especially to our Spotify and Apple link. Um, thank you so much. We recently passed 10 uh, Spotify followers. Big up yeah, we're at that. 13. Let's go. 
13 followers. Thank you guys so much. Uh, you know, we're only going to go up from here. So we're very excited. Um, and yeah, so just check out our socials. Big things are coming, um, you know, as we get into uh, the season um, and underway here. Uh, we're very excited. Uh, glad to have you even during COVID a basketball back. Um, and uh, catch us on the next episode. We're going to be um, just talking about, you know, the climate of, of the league in general, minus the hardened trade. How are things looking? Uh, there's been a lot of COVID stuff, which we're going to get into uh, affecting the league. Uh, how are predictions looking? How are Yash's Wizards looking? How are my Blazers looking? Oh, my we gotta, God. we gotta get into all that. So make sure you tune into the next podcast, which will be up in a couple of days. Um, how bad do our picks look right now? How good does uh, someone's picks look? Um, that's all gonna be coming up next episode as a check-in episode. So we're very excited to check in with those. Uh, see who looks stupid. See who looks great with their picks. And uh, we're very excited. Thank you guys so much for listening. And this has been the Uncharted Pod. Peace out, y'all. Peace.